Thanks for listening to the Roman Circus Podcast, a weekly dive into death-defying discussions of Catholic culture, tradition, and history. I'm Matt Baker, and with me, as always, is a man who, if you keep listening to, will make you Zach-pilled, Zach Mabry. Zach, how are you, my friend? Uh, I'm good. I'm ready for uh, for the next dosage for everybody. Yeah, I I had a hard time. I didn't know if that was going to leave my mouth correctly. I had a hard time getting it out, but I think it think it uh, think it worked. Yeah. Well, you know. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at Roman Circus Pod. I'm at Hey, it's Matt Baker. Zach is at Zach Mabry. Z A C Mabry. Email us podcast at romancircusblog.com. You can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash romancircuspod. If you have a minute, visit Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. And, uh, yeah, you can find us wherever podcasts are, et cetera, et cetera. Zach, what's going on? What's in the news? How you been? You know, the news is the news. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. Our uh, our good friend J.K. Rowling um, <laughs> has has continued to push the envelope on her um, Tur- somewhat, on her home turf. Would you say? Yeah. Yes, home turf. Her like her critique, if you want to call it that, that she's offering is so tedious because she's like halfway trying to play both sides. She like mentions mm-hmm. all of her friends who are trans and stuff, but then mm-hmm. she also wants to say like, well, women's shelters and, um, you know, it's probably not good to give hormones to kids and stuff like that. Um, but it, because she's also trying to like toe the line on other woke issues, it mm-hmm. makes her complaint to me come off as kind of tedious. Um, and I, you know, I I just feel like as Catholics or conservatives or whatever you want to call us, we we beg for scraps like too easily. So um, mm-hmm. uh, my my approach to the mob coming after J.K. Rowling is uh, to just kind of make some popcorn and uh, watch it play let it out. Ha- let it happen. You got to let it happen. So yeah, I haven't really been following it. I mean, I get I see that she's been in the news and I've read a few things, but well, so they raised the stakes because they did this big open letter. Uh huh. Right. About cancel culture. Mm hmm. A topic that it's like, it's funny because honestly, and I mean, I don't know. I feel like I say this too much, but like Liz Brunig has a really good take on cancel culture. Like, the examples that she points to or she retweets people pointing to are like, you know, when some random person, um, you know, somebody posts a picture of their receipt from a restaurant and it, it doesn't show a tip. So mm-hmm. there's this giant dog pile cancellation on them. Right. Or um, I can't really think of any other examples currently, but like, so, you know, somebody told a racist joke or whatever or like wore you know a halloween costume that we would today have problems with but not that long ago um it was pretty like you can see pictures of chrissy Teigen 
and John Legend like dressed as Indians for Halloween, like full mm-hmm. on feathers and stuff. I mean, right. so there was no awareness of that. But I, I I do think that there's a lot of examples where, you know, some little shred of someone's existence ends up online, and everybody just goes after it. Um, but the people who were complaining about it were J.K. Rowling was one of the signatories. I can't remember who else signed it. Matt Iglesias may have been one. I'm mm-hmm. so he's in the middle of getting canceled. He's with Vox, right? For yeah, now. I saw I saw a thing where a fellow Vox employee was like, "I don't want to get him in trouble, but I just wanted to alert everybody that I think this is very bad and very like problematic and." in no way should he be doing this and this is not acceptable also i do not want him to get in trouble yeah it's like i just i hope nobody makes fun of mm-hmm. my friend for being fat <laughs> like i just <laughs> i don't want anyone to make fun of yeah my super fat friend yeah. but yeah but like, sure sure you're sure my friend overeats and he's a big fat guy but like i don't want it i don't want attention to be called to his fatness even right. though he is Right, yeah. It's it's that classic like well I like when Trump with uh representative what's her name? Imani or um Ilhan Omar. Ilhan Omar, he's like, Well, I I've I've heard she's married to her brother, but I don't know anything about that. It's just what yeah. I've heard. Like yeah, it, it's just that saying. whole like I'm yeah. I mean it's the same energy. Um But you know, for as much as I like to hear people out on things and on like I'm I don't have a good track record of of being dismissive of things like you know microaggressions and stuff like I do think that there's are a bunch of like little sort of rude or like unpleasant things that people do and it it's got to like add up to the people who there are the recipients of it like I mm-hmm. I'm fine with that like I'm I'm not all that opposed to safe space just because I'm a big fan of going places where people I don't like are not allowed. Um, (laughs) But uh, the, I mean, I I really think like, have we had a a real conversation about like, is it actually dangerous if, if one of your coworkers like believes you're different gender? Like I, I, I need to understand like the danger the idea of of gender or not gender of danger like we yeah we're all kind of we're all kind of all over the map on what is danger right so we we label something that we don't agree with dangerous even if it might actually not be dangerous well and like as catholics you know i mean we're we're pretty much fine saying you know certain ideas are dangerous and like as ideas and Mm -hmm. and certain words and you know certain things just shouldn't be said and like speech can be dangerous like we um we fought this battle in the 19th century with um rari vo like there's encyclicals on this but uh i i mean i i don't know like i i, I hope i don't get you know exiled and i have to like move into jk rowling's house but i i do think that the like i think maybe you could say this is disrespectful or this is you know, unpleasant to me in a way that stresses me. Like, I just think there's a lot that you could say, but when you just skip straight to like, this is dangerous and I don't feel 
safe like working mm. around Matt Iglesias because of his views on transgenderism I I mean like what do you think Matt Iglesias is going to do to you well no I don't think he was saying those same views I think he was like he signed a letter with the idea of like we we need a we need a space where all people can come together and intellectually talk about smart things without being criticized well that's not real like what is that like like why would anyone think that would even exist like you well, you are accountable this... for your ideas and the stuff you put forth like i don't well, know what it's the same way people. as neil degrasse tyson saying like we need a place called rationalia where everything is just rational and be um, like okay yeah like totally. look at every regime that's attempted that i mean i'm, I'm assuming <laughs> like a lot of fascists probably think that's what they're doing um but and as you said uh everyone will everyone will, like see it works and it worked for like three years before it just collapsed oh yeah so yeah for context on that like you know i'm always frustrated with a lot of the political projects um that advance causes that are dear to me like the catholic faith protections for the unborn love that stuff love the morally catholic upright faith. society you know that kind of stuff but you know Clearly, there hasn't been any success in doing that in the 20th. There wasn't any success on this in the 20th century. And when you say this, people will rebut you and they'll mention some like, you know, briefly functioning, you know, republic that was erected in like Prussia or something mm-hmm. or, you know. And I mean, it's like I I try not to do the whole everyone's a Nazi thing. So. Like I, I haven't pointed out that some of these movements, like were the well, Nazis, if everyone's up, a Nazi, then nobody's a Nazi. So. Right? Yeah. Well, so I mean, but some of these movements, the Nazis showed up and they were like, uh, okay, yeah, we can make that work. Like, so I mean, it's hard to be like, oh, this is what we needed to do. Like, kind of these 20th century reactionary movements. Um, mm-hmm. It's worth taking note of them, but like, you know, Franco. I guess that maybe was the most successful one. Um, and look where that got us. Like, you know, I, I just think the 20th century is not a good time period or people talk about the interwar period and, you know, this sort of, uh, a, a kind of conservative wave of thing. And it's like, guys, this was clearly not stable. In the 20th century, the world went to war twice, Zach. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's not a good sign, guys. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that we just need to try to untangle ourselves from failed reactionary movements um, if we expect for it to work. I mean, what do you think you're going to somehow, you know, etch by with some thin 51% victory and you're just going to reimpose right order on humanity? And mm-hmm. not just get voted out in two years or have constant riots or whatever. I mean, it just isn't going to work like that. Um, it never worked like that before. And the closest it ever came to working were these briefly lived experience experiments in the 20th century. So, yeah, that was, was a soapbox that I I stood up on on, mm-hmm. on the Twitters. Um, you love you love your soapboxes. Yeah. Well, I mean, in, 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 like if you do, I mean, and this is obviously a big ask, but if you just, you know, just for a moment, you know, here, you know, 
safe space, but if you, if you set aside the moral aspects of fascism, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't. It just isn't a a good way to run a country. Like it doesn't work. It leads to almost immediate backlash. It falls apart. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just isn't. It is not a good tactic. Like even if you somehow found a way to do it, like fascism, but but the common good, it it isn't a good way to run a civilization um, yeah, as but then, shown by every attempt. Yeah. But then you get pictures of big, muscly, handsome men in tight shirts. Then ladies can be like, Ooh, I want that fascism. Remember that was a thing like that happened a few months ago too. Was that like, those were, were those Spaniards? What was that? I don't know. I didn't really. Yeah. I don't know. Some of uh, the gay, some of the gay Marxists that I pay attention to on Twitter were like, they they sure. really appreciated that that wave of uh, um, content, but yeah, no, I mean, broadly speaking, like the tactics of the twentieth century didn't work then, and they're, they're not going to work now. And I think you kind of look around and you see the chaos that the world is in, as far as it's like there's constant protests and riots, and you know it feels like the world is falling apart. We we need to update our strategies. Um, and we need to reassess our allies and, you know, I, I think there's a lot that we're going to have to do as far as how to move forward. Um, you know, Kev wrote that piece for American affairs back in 2018 about Catholic fusionism. Kevin Gallagher. Sure. Yeah. And there, there has been an attempt to just find a new fusionism. Like who can we um coalesce with who who are our, who's our new ally going to be and we'll look past their flaws in order to try to advance our cause cuz totally at some point we're definitely going to get what we want i um, mean isn't that kind of what a bunch of people have done with say republicans through the years or even trump or even yeah Romney i mean that's or the like biden too in this case like you know yeah, I mean, that was the trade-off, right? There's nothing that links low taxes and um, opposition to regulations on the economy and um, that kind of stuff with issues like opposition to abortion and, mm-hmm. um, you know, social conservative causes. That was a, a sort of, you know, a product of basically having a two-party system and these two factions kind of finding common cause with one another. Um, the catch is, is that nobody really like it never works out that, that our side gets anything. So their side gets tax cuts. They get, you know, banks that can operate pretty much however they want. They get wars all over the world. And I mean, we can't today we got from the Supreme court handed down that like, you know, if you're a nun who's given up your whole life to, uh, you know, poverty and this and that, you know, then, you know, you just have to fill out some paperwork and you don't have to pay for birth control anymore. Like, and that's supposed to be some huge pro-life victory that the contraception mandate has an exception mm-hmm. that has like a million ifs attached to it. Um, you know, like that's the best we've got after 40 years of working with these people. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's not going to work, but then, you know, digging up the writings of failed 20th century reactionaries is also not the way to work. I don't know what we do. I mean, I, well, sure. I mean, the idea of 
you said 40 years of working with these people it's tough because the other people won't work with us at all right so it's kind of like the idea of like you do go work who do you work yeah. with yeah oh who, i mean someone who hasn't done really someone who i don't know i don't i don't know i feel like we've no, gotten you're, we've gotten you're heat right. before about saying that like 40 years of the pro-life movement hasn't done anything and i think anything is like an obvious overstatement but the idea behind what you're saying is that the we're always promised something like judges will do this i mean we've given them everything we have given them what four presidents since this is out because i mean what we gave personally i've given them two saturdays over the past five years and i want those saturdays back where did you like work the phones for Romney or something? No, I'm talking about March for Life. Oh, nice. I mean, I support that, but like, like this is again back where we said that like March for Life lets all these Republicans up on stage, and it's like, well, you guys need to deliver. Like, we did. We've gotten nothing from you, and I mean, there's there are things we've got. Like, I agree, nothing is a, a stretch. I think it's significant and important that you know of the two major parties that exists in America um, there is one where you you it's a, you can't be openly pro-abortion and have any success in the party like sure. you're unelectable it, it can't happen that's not the case for conservative parties elsewhere the you know the Tories the conservatives in the UK um, they are not pro-life they, they don't care about that like you can be pro-abortion and be a Tory it doesn't matter to them um, so, you know, that is an accomplishment that we did, you know, in a, a country dominated by a two party structure that one of the parties is, you know, e- even if the results aren't always there, you simply cannot be a pro abortion Republican and expect to go anywhere. Sure. I mean, ex- unless you're what Tommy Lauren and you can go on Fox News. <laughs> but, uh, you know the for the most part pro-choice republicans are a non-starter mm. i think like giuliani was one and i mean that's what i think that's what tanked his hopes at you know doing more things besides being the mayor yeah well a few other things tanked his hopes but that was well yeah and like not having a functioning brain but um i do you have you, do you ever watch when they have him call in on fox no i for me, I Giuliani. Giuliani stopped being a thing in two thousand two. I only re, I only read or watch things about Giuliani before two thousand two when everyone was like, everyone loved him. That's a much more pleasant Giuliani to me. I I mean okay I guess I guess this is just how I do everything. But I would have simply lived off the fumes of having been, you well, know, yeah, America's certainly. mayor for nine eleven. Yeah. Like I mean I've said it before I. The first, I think I've talked about this before, the first David Letterman show after 9-11, he couldn't stop praising Giuliani, Letterman. Like, it was... like Well, er, Letterman er, is kind of a conservative, I think. Well, but, well but not the, not anymore. Yeah, but. but the point is, like, that's... He, he, there's right, no way, he like was just, beloved. Like, look at... um, Or he... Well, I guess I didn't know. I was going to make a comparison to, like, Sarah Palin because she does those books about weight loss and stuff, but she still does, like, her politics stuff but it's like have like your one moment in the sun and then just stay away from it and 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 yeah like just just keep doing memoirs and do book tours 
And this is what the Clintons should have done. Like once they were done with Bill's term and then they had Hillary's thing and they had this foundation and all this money, like they should have just left it at that. I don't even understand why she ran for president. Um, Mine as but, well, Zach. Well, I mean, I guess we know, but like I, the smart move is to just enjoy your, your millions people. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, what we do. I mean, I would say that I'm, I've done a pretty good job living off the, the fumes of, of like a single accomplishment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so like, I, I think for a lot of people, they could, they could take a page I, out of my book. I appreciate that you called it fumes, Zach, because I don't want to say it's, I don't want to say it's just fumes at this point, but you know. Right. Yeah. Residue. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, it's still, it's still played on a rate and regular rotation. Oh you yeah, s- we're on HBO get, Max. You still get that three bucks a month in royalties. We're uh, we're on HBO Max, and I'm still. I last I checked, I was back on top as the the ah gift on uh, gif on Twitter. So, you know, but like, see, I could just throw all that away if I did some of the things that these people do. Like if I tried to enter politics, I mean, I'd never subject myself to a vote by the public. That's degrading, but it's why um, the rock should never enter politics. Zach. I know he's already, but you know, who is entering politics? Kanye West, Kanye West. He yeah. announced via Twitter that he's running for president. Uh, and then Kim Kardashian West, his wife, um, and mother of his, their four babies. Um, and mother of he, their four. 14 horses or whatever. There, yeah, 14, the Frisias. Um, yeah. So she quote tweeted it with a American flag emoji. So that kind of confirmed it to me because I, I know that sometimes when he just starts talking, she talks him off the ledge on things. Yeah. Um, and so the fact that they were both involved, I think that's good. I hope that, I mean, obviously I hope that they have Christian or manage the campaign. Like look at, Look at what that woman's able to do. Chris Jenner should manage most campaigns. Let's be honest. I, eventually, there's going to be business schools that like just teach Chris Jenner theory. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's running, and then he he dropped a big interview. Well, we I think we should do like our analysis of Kanye's um, candidacy more in depth at, at some other point. But I am excited that Ye is putting his name out into the ring. Um, he's got help from Elon Musk, who uh, I've never liked, but if if need be, I can have a truce <laughs> with Elon Musk if it's if it means supporting Kanye for president. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there was something Elon Musk did recently that I was like, okay, well that's likable. Um, I don't remember what it was though. Uh, what do you know what he's been up to anything he's said or done recently who elon musk yeah no i I can't remember um the other thing peter Thiel announced so peter Thiel is obviously he invented what um paypal or yes okay so he invented paypal and he's super rich and he tends to support like he was he got in on facebook early too Okay, yeah. I mean, I had it back when you had to be invited, but um, but I guess you mean like as an investor. Um, But the so he's, I guess, sitting out the Trump campaign this time around. I don't think I guess he's not interested in supporting Trump financially. 
Um, Trump is obviously flailing, as we can see. Um, and flailing right back into re-election. I mean, yeah, anything's possible. Um, but yeah, like as the country's burning and there's a pandemic, he's like posting, you know, tweets screaming at Bubba Wallace and NASCAR over yeah. the whole fake news thing. And mm-hmm. fake news, fake news, you know. Um, Ooh, I like that. But yeah, like demanding that Bubba apologize. It's like, I mean, I saw the picture, guys. It did kind of look noosey. Like, I mean, whatever. Um, it's mainly just that, like, what possessed Trump to want to do a tweet about that, considering just the world right now. But um, anyway, I wonder if Peter Thiel will get, if he'll end up backing Kanye, because isn't he buddies with Elon Musk? Mm hmm. I, I always say that you would think so. That, I always say that like Peter Thiel is like an actually intelligent version of of like Elon Musk or mm. um, what's his name Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. Yeah. Maybe Mark Cuban will be for Kanye. Who knows? Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Anyway, I support it, and I really think that if Kanye I should, mean, he should just. He should just take the MAGA hat he owns and just wear that and, like, co-opt it. And well, yeah, it's a really terrible re-election slogan, first yeah. of all. <laughs> like, I don't know who advised Trump on that. Like, you've been president for four years. Like, what do you mean make America great again? Um, no, he should. He should just be like, no, we're actually going to make America great again. And mm-hmm. he's, like, out there on that farm with those 14 Frisias and... Uh, they grow their own like because for the clothing line he wants to grow, grow all of the um materials so they're like literally growing cotton and stuff hey that's good i like it yeah um so anyway we'll we'll do a more in-depth examination but <laughs> i was very happy to see it and just as a, a general disclaimer like if you really look at joe biden and Donald Trump and you think that there's something compelling that makes them like good reasonable choices like they should totally be president of America but you think that it's way out of the question ridiculous that Kanye be president then I just think you've like sealed yourself off from reality and you like <laughs> spend too much time on on Facebook or watching cable news or mm-hmm. something because these are two ridiculous people like lizard reptile Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, I don't even, I won't go there, but like the idea that Kanye is somehow that there would be anything disqualifying about Kanye that wouldn't apply more so to Biden and Trump than, I mean, whatever. But as, as the Elizabeth Warren people used to say, they'd say she's electable if you vote for her or maybe that was Klobuchar to remember but um okay that was their response to like electability being a problem for Liz Warren um not just like the fact that she's incredibly stupid and I mean it makes uh, sense if you someone is very electable if everyone votes for him right so Kanye's electable if you vote for him um so I'm I'll 
probably I mean if he's on the ballot in Texas there's a good chance I will vote for him and it will not be as a bit it, it will be with open eyes saying I'm being presented with three choices and this is by far the least insane way to answer this question of which of these three people should be you know given the nuclear codes and place at the helm of the most powerful nation on earth mm. um, so if he's looking for someone to do messaging I'd be happy to be part of the, the Kanye campaign. Part of the Chris Jenner team? Yeah. No, I need Chris Jenner to, like, scream at me for being lazy and not getting enough work done. I'd try that. Need... That doesn't work. <laughs> it's true. Um, um, yeah. Anyway, not to spend the whole time doing the news, but, you know, news is happening. The okay. world's. <laughs> that was the news. I forgot that was the news. Yeah, that, that wasn't our topic. Yeah, okay. Uh, speaking of, you know, people who invite controversy and very, very uh, outspoken figures, Zach, I, I'm talking about us. Yes. You know, we're we're we'll offered like the most mild, basic takes. Like the only time freak out. The only time we ever really draw any type of controversy and hate other than random apple podcast reviews uh which are fine from very stable people yeah oh yeah well that yeah i was talking yeah okay so fan um i was talking about the one that thought we were boring which was just great oh yeah i mean okay but anyway the only other time we really draw any ire who who, okay well first (laughs) Who that? Who has time? Who's someone who has time to write Apple podcast reviews and, and going to call someone boring? Wait, anyway, sorry. Uh, I don't know. I appreciate. The, I, I appreciate that they took the time to do that. Yeah, good for them. Uh. Well, what I was going to say is that we draw ire when we talk about obedience, Zach. That's the thing. We we. Uh, when the laser focus always hits us is when we talk about obedience and it really makes you think and it made us really does make you think and uh so we thought we would do another one in our our basically what's gonna start to become like a annual biannual podcast on the importance of obedience and a little backstory zach okay i don't know if you all have been paying attention to the news, but there's coronavirus and we've all been locked in place for the most part for the past, what, going on five months. Places have begun to reopen. Places have reopened and closed a little bit again, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the things that they have asked us to do is to wear a mask, Zach. Now, a little that's a little background let me give you a little background on the background the mask early on they said masks do not work they were basically doing that to make sure that health workers um had enough masks right they didn't want everyone to run out and buy up all the masks which if you saw how we reacted to buying up everything else i guess made sense but when you lie to people people tend not to trust you again right so they they made a big deal about how masks don't work 
and now they're making a big deal about how you have to wear the mask. Um, right? Yeah, I mean the the anti-mask movement. I don't know what you're gonna. I don't know what to call these people. Toxic mask <laughs> masculinity. Nice. Um, nice. Nice. Keep going. Toxic ma- toxic mask. You're in. Nitty. <laughs> um, anti-maskers. Yeah, anti-maskers. Um, well, okay. but anyway, the, a big share of the blame goes to the you know quote unquote public health community for not for for the way that they chose to approach the the early issue of we want to conserve the good in ninety five masks for people on the front line right. who are doctors and nurses and which is totally fair. Yeah, I mean but that makes sense. They completely fumbled, bungled, whatever you want to use. They, they handled it as they are <laughs> as they are want to do in the worst way possible. Right, and said they don't work. In fact, they make it worse. And yeah. basically, like you're stupid for wanting to wear a mask. Like for for the first few weeks, masks were like tinfoil hats. Yeah, in, in the way that they their messaging went, and the way that like all of the sort of volunteer foot soldiers of of like stupid talking points were just so about it because like you know they're all they're you know oh wearing a mask blah 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 and yeah and, you know you know i will point out credit, that they were all on message you saw yeah. you saw i mean pelosi schumer all the classic people but you know who you didn't they, see going there and I, i'm gonna just bring it up again was barack hussein obama who said save the masks for the healthcare workers? He didn't say, you know, here's some fake science about how masks are bad because yeah. you're too stupid to do the right thing. He simply said, save the mask for the health workers. Yeah. And I, I really believe that that messaging would have worked because you could have enforced it with well, the public shaming and sure. that kind of stuff. Like, I. Yeah, I but refuse even if to believe that work, it was impossible to go that route. Yeah, but even if it didn't work and people still took all the masks, at least you weren't lying to them, right? And then it kind yeah. of drilled in the importance of masks, whether or not you think it's important. They've done a big 180. So what? But right, okay, I guess that's before, true. I'm, I'm like clearly the amoral one on the podcast, sitting there, not even factoring in the fact that they were a lie, and I was just like trying to see how it worked as a strategy but right. like but yeah we, and, well, and they lied <laughs> yeah but before we digress too much um as you know we i we're the not same so con- people expect me to believe in the moon landing like, <laughs> yeah absolutely not uh join anyway. patreon for more on that but anyway <laughs> uh we don't really you know that is what it is we we talk about it but what we concern ourselves what, yeah it has spawned this this new thing where blue team is for masks and red team is against masks mm-hmm. and and then you have of course the very tedious libertarian types who personally wear masks but they don't think anybody should be forced to and um <laughs> they've added like eight levels of metaphor to it so now instead of being simply a uh, cloth or paper barrier to fluids going either from you or to you uh it's you know a sign of the new world order and okay wait, um, a stop, precursor stop to mandatory we'll, vaccines yeah we'll get there we okay, need am to, i skipping we need ahead to, what's up am i skipping ahead well i just want to make the point that what we do care about when it comes to masks is 
I will use the Diocese, Diocese of Phoenix as an example. Bishop Olmsted said uh, masks are required if you are going to attend mass. Please follow the guidelines set out by the CDC or whatever, and please, out of respect for your fellow parishioners, please wear a mask. We, he, he opened up mass. Mass is back. We're, we're raring to go. Mass is, people can attend mass again. He just asks that you wear a mask. And um, what happens is this automatically becomes a point of controversy. And I, I mean, I'm trying, I, I'm trying to be delicate and not like a snarky, dismissally, dismissive person, right? Dismissally condescending. Dismissally. That's when you talk down to people. Sure. I don't want to talk down to anyone. But point is, we we get all this stuff, and in exchange, we get we have to wear a mask. And Zach talked about it online, and everyone was basically said that. Uh, well, why don't you take it over? Everyone kind of jumped on and was like, "This is like you said, New World Order, like mind control, all this stuff." They're trying right, to like, control yes. us. So. Well, and that was what what we kind of were saying before to lay the groundwork of this anti-mask movement and whose fault it is and, you know, that it's there. But, um, you know, my point was primarily about the jurisdiction that the bishops have over churches. You know, it's God's church that he's entrusted to their care. So for all intents and purposes, it's their church. And... So if they say you have to wear a mask there, you have to wear a mask. I mean, everybody that wants to point out these, like, you know, cases where somebody can't wear a mask, like, their bishops are aware of that, and that exception is allowed. So, like, that's not a thing. Um, but, yes, the bishops can say that you have to wear a mask. So it doesn't matter the debate about whether masks are good or bad or what they like all of that ends because the the person with the jurisdiction to decide these things has decided that should you choose to enter a church in his diocese you will wear a mask right says the bishop okay counterpoint uh sure what what if you don't want to wear a face burka zach yeah (laughs) and then there that's yes that's exactly what next happens is that again unable to um engage at all with the world in a in a real literal sense like unable to grapple with reality we've attached 500 layers of meaning to these masks that yeah i've seen them called face burkas which is kind of i mean like i'm not gonna pretend that isn't funny um and or yeah the they're you know a symbol of being muzzled or Mm -hmm. this or that and it's like they're not symbolic of anything that there is it's tactical it's a tactical clothing wait can i say it i like it so much that when you say it i want to i want to repeat it as though i'm quoting uh i'm quoting a very smart man from history Okay. okay uh uh, a wise man, Zach Mabry, once said, are you ready for this quote, Zach? Hit me with it. Zach, I've probably forgotten it. Zach Mabry once said, 
they're not a symbol of anything. They're a piece of cloth meant to uh, protect your mouth and stop fluid from going out and stop fluid from coming in. Yes. Yeah, no, it's great. It's, brilliant. It, it's it um, brilliant. <laughs> I, to, I agree. It, it's a brilliant 500%. quote because what we do, and I mean, I've been, I have been guilty of this in the past and probably much more recently than I like to admit and probably will be in the future as we try and read something into everything, right? We can't, we can't just trust what is going on because everything has an ulterior motive because, uh, you know, our bishops are all gay and weak and lame. And that's not me speaking. That is, you know, that's the conspiracy minded. Like why they, they're clearly not looking out for us. So something else has to be at play. That's kind of the thing. And the problem with that is, um, okay. What if they are like the idea, the, as we've said before, and this will be a reoccurring theme in whatever podcast we do about obedience, is God promised us the church, and he promised us a hierarchy, and he never promised any of it to be perfect except for the magisterium, the teaching of the church, right? But as far as the, as far as the hierarchy goes, no man, will, no man will ever be perfect. No one will ever be you know, with the, with the, condition, right. I mean, your... with the conditions with besides the infallible conditions of the Pope, the, it, these are all men. And what we, we, for some reason we expect, and these are all men that have failed us very recently. Obviously we have tons of examples of bishops and cardinals being absolute monsters and failing us and making everything yes, terrible. Yeah. Right. Though, I mean, it's, it's, it's worth adding a caveat to that, that a lot of people um, who wouldn't be listening to the bishops anyway, you know, will point to that to kind of allow them to do whatever they were going to do before. But I guess that's another topic for another yeah, day. Yeah, okay. Along those lines, I'm just going to get into Like, one. I was just about to be super obedient, but then, like the sex scandals it's like yeah, yeah yeah right you were literally never going to get out of bed on sunday and go to mat like sure this is a lie one um, the reason you know, why i get kind of frustrated we'll take the masks for like the masks since we're talking about it these the issues like this get me the most because as we've said a lot we attend the latin mass one of the conditions for the latin mass for the F- the fssp and the latin mass in general is the bishop has to invite this mass into the diocese the the mass has to take place under the authority of the bishop the bishop has to allow it to be there and they have to follow what is going on with the diocese and you know so you can't you can't go rogue and install the Latin mass in the diocese. I mean, I guess in theory you could, but that would be wrong, right? Well, right. So there's the yeah. I mean, we won't go too far in that tangent, but there, are, there are legitimate ways to have it under Sumorum Pontificum with mm-hmm. priests who are in good standing with their bishops and whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, so, Father Ripperger is a good place to go on the fact that the graces available to you at the mass. Um, are lessened if 
the bishop it, we, we just won't even go there right now yeah, basically yeah. the bishop has to say that you can have your latin mass parish and he chooses if that parish lives or dies so my point being is and i again this is like i don't know how to say it in other any other way is the bishop allows this mass that we attend to be there okay so we are already following the bishop and we are allowing the bishop this authority over what we like to do the idea that in this it baffles me the idea that like something is just small and minor as masks would be a set off for people and i'm speaking i'll speak for i just want to speak in terms of maybe the latin mass community because it leads to my point is like I think that everyone at the ma- at that mass should have a 100% mass grade if the bishop asks because the bishop allows the mass to be there. We're already agreeing to be under his authority while we're sitting in that mass. But then we pick and choose and like have these little fits about these things like the masks, which again if you don't, the masks, masks suck. It sucks to wear. Yeah. I mean, nobody it's, wants to wear yeah, a mask. It's not like, like fun. It's not enjoyable. It gets hot. It, it, it becomes a bother, but okay. Right. So it frustrates me that on one hand, you, it, like Bishop Olmsted allows the FSSPN and everything is okay on that. But then the masks, like, that's just like a step. That's like a thing too far. Like it, 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 I'm not well, trying to and I say mean, it, how does that how does that help our cause it, we've talked before about how we think that the having the Latin Mass and specifically Latin Mass parishes is so important yeah. and like our our work needs to be to to grow these parishes yeah. and have there be more of them why would you sign up to be a troublemaker in your diocese over something as insignificant as a, a piece of cloth that covers your your mouth i because, mean because zach because we like the pirate ship there's a certain thing about the latin mass that's like it's a pirate ship it's out there on the seas like floating by itself and there's a certain element that enjoys the idea of it being a pirate ship when in reality it's not it's perfectly under the diocese like everything else but it's the latin mass it's kind of like it's kind of going rogue in its own way. Again, even though it's not, it feels like it to some people. So it's like we already have this mentality, and it just well, it's I don't know. Maybe it's maybe I'm that's maybe that's like too much, but it's just it's just tough. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I agree there. I think that uh, you know a lot of people at the Latin Mass are aware of you know the history. I mean, and they've there are reasons that they're distrusting of of their diocese sure and but also a lot of them too i think have examined you know the world and power structures and things and they they have a a certain amount of of skepticism towards um just the the status quo that that i think at the end of the day is a good thing like i i i think that I don't know because I haven't been to I don't go to the other parishes so for all I know they're not wearing masks either like I don't know if there's a 
I don't know if this is worse at trad parishes or not. It's, I don't necessarily care because, like you said, we should be a hundred percent. We we if even if you're skeptical on if the masks do anything, like maybe not wearing a mask. Sure, it's probably not going to kill anybody, but it could kill your parish if you. That's the other if you, thing. If you put such a bad taste in your bishop's mouth. And you become over something so lame. I mean, yeah, if he tries to force girl altar boys, if he try, I mean, and that's where everyone's going to be like, well, when is it, when is enough to, it's like, well, this isn't even close to any lines. This is a tactical, this is a piece of fabric, you guys. This isn't. Yeah, if, if the country, if the country wasn't shut down and they were like, all right, everyone has to wear a mask, you could be like, oh, why? What, like, what are we doing? But there's like, we've had months of this. And I feel like it's just the point you said is it can kill the mass is if if the bishop asks you to do something and you don't do it and then he it's like bishop asks something we complain about it bishop takes away the mask we complain about the bishop like that would be the thing right when in reality like you don't if you don't listen to him you are liable to have it taken away right and we've said that we enjoy in most situations a much longer leash than as Latin mass oh. communities we had even just a few decades ago, even a decade ago. The bishop allowed and the Latin mass here in Phoenix to start doing public masses before all the other churches could. Like the, the priests appealed to the bishop and he gave them some rules and outlined how it would go and he allowed it and they did it and they followed the rules like so the bishop is more than accommodating right and so why why mess that up why put i mean if like i'm not going to try to argue with you about the masks themselves like as a matter of obedience why not just give them this one this is so insignificant just put a mask on your face for an hour and a half 45 minutes if it's low mass and then take it off and never wear it again. I mean, that was what, when I posted about, you know, the conversations over the bishops get to make this call. The people were commenting. They were like, that's why the only place I wear a mask is at mass. And I was like, good for you. I mean, perfect. Like that's, that's great. Like that's the way to be if you want. Like I don't yeah. like do not go out of your way to, piss off your bishop and the idea that somehow some sort of line is being crossed and your rights are being violated and all this nonsense because of wearing a mask the rights i mean these same people were like talking about you know the child martyrs and all these people uh, what they would do to go to mass when we had to shut down during the early days of the pandemic yeah and now that the now that it's back on they won't go because they have to put a mask on I mean, it's like, well, which is it, guys? Like, are we supposed to follow after the martyrs? I Do you really think that the martyrs would have been like, oh, I'm not going to go because, um, you know, the bishop says to wear a mask and that's against my personal rights. And um, right. this woman who she's not technically a doctor, but, uh, you know, she told me that masks actually make it worse. Yeah. And I mean, could you imagine St. Catherine of Siena or any of them being like, well, the bishop has violated my human right to not wear a mask. I'm not going. Yeah. Well, 
Okay, and we one thing we forgot to say, which obviously people know, but it is important to state it, is that the rule for following your bishop is to obey him in all things but sin, right? So when yeah. people say, like, it, it's just silly to even let your mind, if you're like, well, sure. Oh, well, you I, wanna, you I had people say quoting Pius X. Sorry, what were you saying? I had people in my mentions quoting Pius X, like saying not to follow a future pope if he, you know, teaches anything contrary to the faith. And it's like, what, what's contrary to the faith about putting a square piece of fabric over well, yeah, part but, of your face? But even then, like, like, there's no, there's no equivalence, right, between putting the mask on and like the bishop telling you to cheat on your wife. Like, it's not first we're going to do this and then we're going to do this. It's first we're going to do this and then we're not going to do this. Even he's not going to suggest it and then even if he does you're not going to do it like it's because one thing is a sin and the other thing is not not a thing at all right and so that's i, I maybe just beyond me the and i i don't know the problem is is that like so much of this is playing out online which we've talked about the disconnect between Real parishes sure, online, but it happens. My understanding too. is my parish people have been wearing their masks. Yeah, but so I mean, this is not. I've actually heard. I mean, it's like you hate to just spread rumors, but I've heard that it's actually the ordinary people that <laughs> are being the most hesitant. Okay, to the mask, not the trads. But um, little, let's pray that that's not the case. Your thing happened on Twitter, but when you say it plays out online, like people read people who aren't on twitter still read blogs and read news sites catholic news sites right so it this whereas twitter might not be a giant thing it still has its tentacles in the rest of the, the rest of the catholic blogosphere right so that yeah it, that's the thing about it and it's like um i had another well, people point. see it do you think bishops that see this this stuff who maybe don't have a TLM parish in their diocese like wow if I invite them to uh, my diocese I get to have resistance fighters when I tell people to put masks on like yeah it's like our goal is to spread this thing don't go looking for fights especially over nothing yeah well Facebook is Zach Facebook <laughs> It is. It's. It's funny. Okay. Like I'm not. And I mean, like it's I guess the it, same. It's Islamophobic, but like. Yeah. But what? Okay. But another. That's funny too. <laughs> yeah. Another out. Another like offshoot is. Well, what if first he's wear a mask? Well, what if he like forces all men to wear ties at mass? I mean, I think that'd be great to be honest sure. i mean a lot of people have like i know a lot of people that their necks are like really fat and they none of their ties fit anymore <laughs> or like they can't they, like so that would be tough um it comes with aging no it does i didn't you like because you get your shirts measured yeah, yeah yeah and like part of aging with a lot of people is you and so yeah but no i mean i think if the bishops required us to wear ties at mass i'd I feel like that'd be great, do you right? Like, do you think this dust-up happened because we were so close to Fourth of July and we were talking about liberty and and rights and and all that stuff that may or may not be good depending on how you look at it? Um, I think that the current 
upheaval that we're having and that being right on the 4th of July um, it, again it's causing a lot of rushed alliances to form and so people who are Catholic and I do believe that they just want to be Catholic like I don't I don't think that these people have bad motives but they um, they have internalized basically you know 19th century Freemasonic notions of liberty and rights Mm -hmm. and it's like just rotted their brain because I mean and that's the the thing I mean you know and it's like you hate to think that these people are are like refusing to wear masks and they're like showing up at their parish with you know a copy of the Declaration of Independence (laughs) being like read this encyclical Um, yeah but and again, maybe this is extreme, but like at our judgment, when you're asked if you followed something, God will not accept. Well, no, but that's because we have freedom of speech or we have this yeah. and that, right? I read in my Dr. Oz Facebook group that masks actually make you sick. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but the point in it, again, that's where I guess it could sound. Right. Like, like you're talking. not going to be able to appeal to God about your human rights. Like yeah. I, I can't imagine anything being less important to God than something like your, you know, right to choose. Like you're my body, my choice when it comes to masks. Were you, were you, were you in the church? Were you in a state of grace? Did you follow the authority? All these things like these would be the more pressing questions than like, okay, sure, you may have said some racial slurs, but that is covered under freedom of speech. <laughs> yeah. You know, the priest is like, "You've, I'm sorry, but for me to properly absolve you, you have to tell me which N-word you're referring to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, anyway, backtracking. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, you know, I don't know. And, but again, I'm, I'm very not about the whole own the trads or I'm not like these people. And so I, I don't, for all I know, this is strictly like a, a segment of the population. Um, yeah. I mean, that I'll, is very I'll be in honest. tune with the culture wars and just doesn't know to leave it at the door. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest when, in terms of how I've seen it is after the Bishop asked, there was very noticeably like less than 10% compliance rate at the parish I attend. And then the, the priest had to send out another email expressing the bishop's wishes and it was very noticeably uh more than 10 percent this this week right so like give people the benefit of the doubt and that they didn't hear the first time and they didn't know but like the point is we're and even the pastor here said that he said if someone is not wearing a mask we will not shame them right we you you will come to mass you can come to mass uh I'd, see they no, gotta no. bring back the shame well i'll respect the pastor well no but. but his point was like along the lines of like maybe not everyone has signed up for the email thing maybe people didn't know maybe this and there there are re- legitimate reasons but he also said but the bishop is asked and this is what we will do right so it's not the the step too far comes when like don't get huffy about it. You're allowed to not like it, but that doesn't mean you have to stand in the, that doesn't mean you have to stand by the candy and throw a fit when your mom won't give it to you at the grocery store. Like it's just, 
I don't know. It just, we're all, again, we, the joke is in this unprecedented time, we're all in it together, but we kind of are. If they, in terms of listening to the bishop in Catholicism, we're all in it together. So listen to the bishop. Like it, you just. I it. liked early on when all the trad mom, all the trad wives were like stitching masks for their families it's and so their wholesome. children. It was wholesome. And you people have ruined it. Um, you know, like people on Twitter, um, Mahound's parasite was like coming after <laughs> me on, on this issue, and his, his band of very mentally stable followers, mm-hmm. um, screaming at me about their rights. But uh, it's like this was fun at first. Like all the the moms and they, you know, they're teaching their daughters how to sew important skills to have. You know, if you're going to grow up and be married. I mean, there's just a lot of, um. It was wholesome, and then you guys had to go ruin it with your. Uh, I mean, you know we've lost the culture war when we we're now like this is the this is where we draw the line. Like we we lost on this that and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, presidents and adulter. We look the other way. Well, but I'm going to draw the line on this piece of fabric. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's just fr- it. It's frustrating. It it is the mask is not fun. There's no reason why anyone should like it, but at the same time, uh, we're not asked to like it. We're just asked to do it. Yeah, somebody pr- replied to my tweets, and I mean, they're okay. I know that you don't want to be like patting yourself on the back, like "oh, I'm doing saintly things." But it was an interesting quote where it, it was, um, I think, one of the prophets, but where God basically said He um, values obedience more than sacrifice because. Like obedience itself is a sacrifice. Sure. Like you have to do something you don't want to do, something that you think is stupid, something that maybe you've done a bunch of research and maybe you have every right to be skeptical about if the masks are helping. Wear it anyway. Offer it up. The ch- you know, offer it for the souls in purgatory. If it's such a big deal, then maybe it'll get them some points. The church only ever asks us of one thing, and that's obedience, Zach. And we can't pick and choose obedience. The church gives well, us and that's the thing very, that's cer- unfortunate very certain ground rules, right, on what to do. And we have to follow it. What yeah, everybody wants the bishops to put their foot down and to, to actually act and use their authority. Um, which I, which just, I'll list, like, I, I will listen to that idea. Like, there are certain times when I do wish bishops stand up and do more. Oh, yeah. No, I'm all for of it. Of course. Um, but, like... When the most devoted followers of the faith, the you know the ones that make it a central point of their life, snub their nose at the bishop asking for something as minor as putting on a mask, why would you think that there would be any in, any indication that bishops could use their authority? I mean, it, it's like we can't just wait. Like well, we're going to be super obedient as soon as the bishop starts saying what we want them to say. Like it's got to start somewhere. Like you've got to, like it's only obedience when you don't want to do it, and it's going to have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, put your mask on. <laughs> some of you, I mean, some of you really like the mask is helping a lot. Like you just couldn't, you, see, you just like couldn't see them. end the podcast without saying it, huh? I mean, <laughs> I, when I, I mentioned that a lot of, uh, is ugly a slur now? Um, you know, <laughs> so a lot of, a lot of ugly people seem to be opposed to masks and people started 
debating me about it in my mentions. Um, and I looked and they were all people that have like their pets or whatever as their profile picture, like not their actual face. And it's mm-hmm. like really makes you think. Well, really makes you think. Thankfully, all of our listeners are very beautiful. Yes, all of our listeners are beautiful or handsome. Mm-hmm. And or both. Or both. Yeah. Yeah, so make sure that makes it into the the angry uh, transcript that you put together of this episode. What, uh, anything else? <laughs> if, if you're listening. Anything else um, before we go? Um, no, nothing's really coming to mind. I think we've said it all. Yeah, it's just the... I don't know. Just do it. Mask up, guys. Mask for mass. Yeah. Masks. Masks. <laughs> masks. Yeah, we've got so many ep- so many so many episode title options now. Yeah. All right. Well, uh I guess that's it. Uh let us know how terrible we are. Yep, support us on Patreon. Oh, that too. We need the money yeah. to buy masks. So uh, sign up for Patreon, give us $5, and then tell us we're terrible. Uh, if, a, yeah. if, if a million people did that, what a world it would be, Zach. If you're, pay- if you're our patron, you can be as hateful to me as you want. Yeah, you just have to agree to be a patri- patron for at least two years. Yeah, perfect. Okay. All right, well, thanks for listening. We will talk to you all next week. See ya.